You're listening to Comedy Central. Hey guys, welcome to the You Up podcast. You know the show. Maybe you don't. I don't know what uh, is bringing you here. Maybe you've listened to the podcast before, but we have a serious XM show that is every morning. Monday through Thursday for two hours, 10 to 12 uh, Eastern. And uh, we have a great time here. Tom Takar is here. Squirt, squirt. What up? Ian Fidance is here. What's going on, butthole? That's not your catchphrase, <laughs> but What's close enough. You to about find out his real catchphrase, <laughs> you got to listen to the live SiriusXM right, show. Uh, on the podcast today, we have a great bunch of amazing clips. Uh, so many to choose from. We uh, we have so much content here, but we're picking out the best stuff for you. First up, we have Julie Sebaugh on the show. She is a journalist who wrote a book about Roast Battle, which is a show that I host on Comedy Central, or not host, that I judge on Comedy Central. I'm a... Um, a judge on this season of Roast Battle. It's a great show. Uh, comedians battle each other with jokes. And um, we talked about why I think roasting is so important. And um, and we also just uh, talked to her about writing a book about Roast Battle. You'll enjoy it. Listen. Your new book is Ringside at Roast Battle, the first five years of L.A.'s Fight Club for Comedians. Um, I'm in this book and I didn't even know it until I opened it and I'm so excited. I mean, literally there is a picture in this book that was taken 11 days ago. Yeah. How did this happen? <laughs> so Troy Conrad took all the pictures. He's the house oh, photographer. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. producer. He's there. Yes. Uh, he is a man of many talents. He also had an old, uh, comedy Jesus show. If you remember this, he was like Jesus yes. as a comedian. Yes. And Setlist was another international phenomenon he was behind. And he also takes all the house pictures at Roast Battle every Tuesday oh. at Comedy yes. Central. So he has stuff going back from almost day one. I think he was there within the first year and has been documenting it. You know, all of the uh, crazy reaction shots and all the stuff that the wave does when they're like throwing food around and getting naked. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of great pictures in here. But where did, how did you be, why did you pick this subject to write about Roast Battle? When I first went to it, uh, it was about eight months old. And I was hearing about it from, I remember like Ari Shafir was telling me about it and Josh Adam Myers in LA. Mm -hmm. And like, you got to go see this crazy show. I'm like, yeah, here, how many, you know, I always hear to go see a new crazy show. Like, right. That happens a lot. Whatever. Uh, I finally did go and you like climb up the stairs and it's this tiny packed room and everyone's standing in the back and chanting. It's in and the belly screaming. room? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Upstairs, uh, you know, it's supposed to seat about 90 and there's about 120 in there. Uh-huh. Screaming, sweating, people are jumping around, uh, you know, there's a DJ in the corner who's kind of reacting to the jokes with his own, like, musical take on it. And I was like, I think there's something different happening here that I haven't seen yet in stand-up. And I wrote about it for LA Weekly. I put it on the cover of LA Weekly a year in to its existence. And that was its first press, was the cover of LA Weekly. Wow. <laughs> Uh, Who was on the cover? Uh, they did an illustration. Okay. Oh. You know, a, th a artistic rendering of what it means to hurl dirty jokes at each other competitively. It was gotcha. Very tasteful. Um, and then I kept going. Couldn't get enough. Uh, wrote about a few other places here and there. Like when Jeff had a new special, I'd write about that. Or when somebody did something else, whatever. And then uh, two years ago when Showtime started putting together I'm Dying Up Here. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which is very, very, very loosely, not at all, based on the book of the same name about uh, the comedy scene in L.A. Yeah. from the 70s and early 80s about the strike. 
I was like, dude, this guy wrote this book like 40 years ago. And now they're making a TV show about it. And I always thought in my gut that someone was going to be studying roast battle in a similar way someday. I still yeah. think this. I, yeah. I know that somebody's going to like look at it like they do Second City or the National Lampoon. So I was like, I got to get this down now. And the fifth anniversary was coming up. So threw it all together. Here we are. Long it's story really short. interesting that roasting has been around forever. Like uh-huh. literally for like since, since the beginning like the of 50s. like, com- like before stand up comedy was yeah. a thing. Yeah. And, um, and that this this idea of just battling someone and having joke for joke is so. I used to do it. Um, That's playground stuff. Yeah, it is, and it's like your. It's like they're, the show. Your mama yeah. was kind of like that, but this is just well crafted jokes. It's just like whittled down to jokes at their finest. Like the way I like jokes is just like not a lot of filler. Like let's just get to the joke, and um, and it 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 feels like it feels so. Uh, it works so well immediately that you feel like it's been around forever. Like, I didn't even realize that Roast Battle was a new thing. And I got asked to judge it um, in the belly room at one of those live shows, I think a couple years ago, and I just did it. And I was blown away, just like you were at, like, the party it was. Mm -hmm. And it was such a, a, it felt like a speakeasy. Like, we were doing something, like, undercover and, and... uh, breaking fire codes. Yeah, and I saw yeah. it in Montreal, and even though it was a big room, it still felt like that way. It was like jammed in like oh, that, yeah. and like the dancing and music. It is like a weird like and the ceremony. wave. Yeah, the wave are these three guys that after a really good joke, they like act out this insane like sketch that they use props, and they're like these like. F- Five second sketches that they do after jokes, in between jokes, or bad jokes also. They can also yeah, yeah, emphasize yeah. if oh, it's yeah. really terrible. They they have they yeah. have like act outs for bombs, and they have act outs for like that was a barn burner of a joke. Like they have, and they're doing their own thing. There's so many elements at play, and it does feel it just is so. I was just, it was very confusing to me, and also <laughs> like how is this a thing that's it. I don't know. It just feels like it always existed and you're just joining in, but it's relatively new. And I'm glad that you're getting the scoop on it. And then I got asked to do the show and judge Roast Battle. And I had I hadn't even watched the show, to be honest. Like I had seen Ooh, one episode. Scandal. And then I didn't didn't then I didn't want to go back and watch it because I didn't want it to inform my performance where because if I watch Sarah Silverman judging, I'm just going to do try to do what she does because that I love her so much. Or if I watch anyone judge, I'll be like, oh. And I just wanted to do my own thing with it. And I, I, I'm i glad I didn't because I was inserted into the show thir- the, in the s- third season. Yes. As like, I, you see my reactions. I'm like blown away most of the time by like, what is happening? And because it is like such a weird, fun, it was the most fun taping I've ever been a part of. It, it feels weird to be like on this side of you now because I feel like, so what were you most surprised about? Because I'm supposed to be asking you the questions normally. No, I was so, su- <laughs> well, I mean, I was just surprised at um, just the spirit of it. I felt it just was felt very supportive. It felt like what comedy should be, which is like everyone's in it together. Like we were just talking about how no one ever watches each other anymore. Uh-huh. We all we all hang out upstairs around the table or in the green room. But we don't watch each other perform. We don't celebrate each other's jokes as much as we could. Uh-huh. And this kind of forces us to do that. And um and I just and then having comedians as judges, which feels weird to judge my friends. 
But then, but it really is just being like, that was a great joke. That was a great joke. Like, it's just celeb- it's a celebration of comedy. And it's adding mm-hmm. to the show when you're judging it because you're kind of starting to riff back and forth with yes. them. And you're bringing another element to it as well. But like yes. the overall vibe, what you're talking about, uh, what initially drew me to it was the fact that like people look at it and they say, oh, I'm not into making mean jokes about somebody. Why would I want to do that? But when you really start watching it, even as an audience member, and I'm the biggest audience member fan there is, like there's something about comedians working together. You know, they're discussing their shortcomings. Yeah. It's and like everything. wrestling. Yeah, they've done all this terrible mm. stuff in their life and they're talking about it and becoming uh-huh. closer friends in the process. No. And yeah. when you're laying that all out there on the line in front of people, there's something that's like very humanizing and yeah. equalizing about it. Like we're all just humans with stuff we all hate that uh-huh. we've done and about our lives tell or about me, our physical appearance like tell it's me good. another show where people show up as themselves and say i've been molested and so is this person and now i'm gonna make a joke about it um tell me another show that says i've tried to kill myself uh tell me any tell me anywhere besides a podcast with mark Marin in a garage yeah, where yeah. someone talks about being molested being um going through a, a currently having a, a shitty marriage where you're not even divorced, you're just talking about having a shitty marriage, you're like talking openly. About the scars there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, where you, you, Nicole Buchanan, talking about having a suicide attempt, making fun of a guy in a wheelchair. Joe Urell, he's one of the best battlers that there is. He was born with cerebral palsy. He's in a uh-huh. wheelchair, and he makes jokes about you know how God hates him. Yeah, yeah. But it's like they, those are such important topics. I like. I remember the first time I heard a comedian like talk about being molested in their act, and I was just like, thank blown away by it because I'm like that is sh- how how have you found a way to say to announce that to people everyone walks around with sh- that there's so no one ever admits to being molested except if I've only saw it on Oprah previous to stand-up comedians doing it and taking that thing that happened to them that they shouldn't be ashamed of because it it happened to them it, it's like a car accident they didn't ask for it for it to be t-boned in that intersection they were just going through their life and to be able to take that and say yeah that happened to me and let's make jokes about it is so powerful and i was so grateful when yamanika and Jamar. Jamar talked about being molested. They both were like, we were both molested as children. And the joke was, and Yamanika goes, but my molester came. <laughs> which was oh, a great joke. So and so devastating. But she was the one that delivered. Like, I-, I was just like, there are people watching at home that were molested and are like, I know as someone who has dealt with struggles in my life, when I hear other people talk about it openly, I go, okay, then I'm okay to have that too. There, I'm, I'm, I hope people saw that episode and saw these two outspoken, hilarious comedians say that they were molested. Like I don't, there's, there's just something so cool about roast battle for me for that because you, you just cut right to the real shit mm-hmm. right away. Yeah, and it doesn't even have to be that extreme. There's no, just, no. but anything it is often that extreme, and there's nowhere. I literally can't think of another place on TV where people are admitting these things about themselves mm-hmm. as themselves, not characters. Yeah, where a character is struggling with being overweight. This is us or whatever uh-huh. bullshit. This is why Rose Battle and Maury Povich are the two best things. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maury Povich. Yeah, you're right. Like they're, <laughs> people just being vulnerable and being human. And I, I just I didn't know going into Rose Battle, but that I was going to be so affected by it uh-huh. the way that I was in terms of like this is this is realer shit than anything that's yeah. happening on TV, and no one's talking about it. And I'm glad you are. You can wrote I, this book. Yeah. Can I ask you a hokey question? 
What can you think of your favorite roast joke you've ever heard? Ooh, good question. Or even a recent one. I have two that I heard recently that I really liked. Um, there. I'm. I'm gonna bring up Joe Urell again, who I just mentioned uh, has cerebral palsy in the wheelchair. Uh huh. Um, in chapter three of the book, where I kind of introduce the actual premise and the rules and the diversity aspects and why it attracts the people it does, uh, there's a battle that I quote between Joe and Robin Tran. Which, if you have been watching season three on Comedy Central, Robin uh, is <clears throat> the show's first transgender competitor. Uh, she battled Alex Duong. And I have a battle uh, that I quoted in chapter three between Robin and Joe. So you're, you know, the guy in the wheelchair versus the first transgender competitor. And I don't necessarily want to ruin it all, but there's a lot of. Uh, you know, you're in a wheelchair, but, you know, at least I'm using my dick more than you are. Uh-huh. But, right. That sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, it goes on and on. I can't say enough good things about There are the a lot of them. things Joe can't hold, like a <laughs> microphone or his liquor or the arms of a woman who actually loves him. <laughs> <laughs> That's and good. then he says, my limbs are straighter than you'll ever be. <laughs> Robin wants to be an actress, but she doesn't even portray a convincing woman. And then Robin says, yeah, I am transgender, and I still use my dick more than you do. <laughs> <laughs> nice. God, I mean, it just, yeah, there were some, well, I'm trying to think They've of- gotten so mean now because they're more personal. <laughs> they get more and more dark oh and personal. Oh, my God. I saw one, uh, I was. this is online, so it's not like a secret, but Dina Hashim, uh, who's a super funny New York comic, uh, you watch her Conan, she's great. But she um she's battling this dude and I didn't I don't remember the guy's name, but apparently his uh his mom died in like a tragic car accident. Mm-hmm. And then uh she says, um, you are uh you're oh shit. She says basically like you're taking after your mom because uh you're an indistinguishable road feature. Oh <laughs> my <laughs> god. Oh my god. I but mean, that's the thing, like you can't just in roast battle specifically, it can't just be you're fat, you're ugly, you're not funny, meh. Like uh-huh. that's generic and nobody's gonna vote for you. You have to actually Yeah show these writing Eli, skills. I, I, working with Eli Sayers, he's like yes. he's also he's a he's a genius at it, but he had he has so many he knows so many facts about each person he battles that he'll like run some by me and I'm like, God damn that are you gonna do five jokes about this guy's like having his wife having a miscarriage. And, yes, <laughs> and he, he did. did. That, yeah, that was <laughs> Pat, Pat Barker. He was I think it battling. Is, yeah. is that online? I he did. Yeah, a, it's gonna be online. He it was supposed to be on TV, but it's, yeah, it's now going to be online. <laughs> uh, I saw that <laughs> decision I happen. I don't think that this one is one that he used. Uh, but if he did, then I'm sorry. But he said that uh, he goes. He had, the guy had two kids, and he says, um, "Your first son, who shall rename nameless." Because he died before you named him. Oh, God. <laughs> oh my God! Well, at the end he of that, the brilliant. last one, the last one he did was, "I'm sorry for all the miscarriage jokes. I'll stop now." So Pat plays fantasy baseball, which is where he dreams about playing catch with his dead son. <laughs> oh my God! Pro- I feel bad. I probably shouldn't have given ding, away. Ding, ding, no. They're so funny. Check. I wanted to. Pl- I just wanted to give Eli a little. Play. No, He's so that's, funny. He, they, that's Eli the Sayers, thing. It's like, check out his roast shit. And and. 
that was such an uncomfortable one to watch uh, because it was between Eli and Pat Barker. And Pat Barker did have him and his wife had a miscarriage. And they now have a son who he brought out on stage before the battle began. Matching wear or wearing matching T-shirts. That said Eli sucks or something. Did it say that? I think it was like number one dad. And then, but I think his son's shirt said like Eli sucks or something like that. I didn't see the um, shirt. But then... It, the jokes about miscarriage just did not stop, which was like a funny. T- it was a funny t- uh, take to have, yeah. which is like I'm I'm not gonna relent on uh-huh. these, and I'm gonna like <laughs> they're gonna go so hard that it goes it gets it gets not funny, and then it gets funny again, you yeah. know. Um, boy, but it backfired because the Shit. I loved it because uh-huh. I was like, "You're psycho yeah, he's an to make person. these choices to like go this hard on yeah. this subject. You're insane, and I respect it." Uh-huh. And I think I was the only one that said he won because, uh-huh. <laughs> because I liked how insane he was. I was yeah. like, "You Fuck. just." I like anyone who throws themselves under a bus for the sake of sick jokes, uh-huh. and that's what. He, and Pat Barker, by the way, is so hilarious too. And um, he's great. And yeah. uh, oh my god, so funny! But uh, yeah, these guys are just so such masterful joke writers, and that's that's what I think the essence of roast battle is. It's just good one-liner jokes. In this next clip, we have Pete Lee in studio and Guy Montgomery. Um, Ian Finance is here with us. Hi, everybody. You want to do an impression of Pete really quick? Oh, yeah, I'd love to do an impression of Pete. I just want to crack that ass open. (laughs) The other night you were hosting a show and I asked you to do some time in between bringing up Pete Lee was on stage and then I was coming up next. And I asked you to do some time in between so I could take a picture of you and post it. Uh And you did an impression of Pete and it didn't work. It was so dead on, but it didn't work with the audience because they they loved loved him so much. People love Pete so much. And you'll find out why Pete is so lovable in this clip where he talks about meeting his girlfriend on a plane. This is fascinating. Enjoy it. So you you flew to LA, you meet this girl, you're telling this girl about this other girl that you're going to meet that... And, yep. and what was her advice to you? What did you What did you think about this girl when you first saw her? Was there like, I mean, you were obviously attracted to her. Very attracted to her. Her eyes were just like I was melting with her eyes. And, yeah. Um, and I remember thinking, I know the feeling. I saw her last night. Yeah. Right. The her, night those eyes. It's crazy. She's and so pretty. She's so pretty, and she had such a chill, warm, deep vibe. And, we... and she talks like this, like she just talks like, like she's a very like, it's just like earnest and like kind of just, she's like hears you and like will like put her arm on you and just like you feel like understood. I, I said this the other day, but one night I was crying at the cellar because some guy did something and she just, I didn't even know her. It was the first time I met her and she reached across the table and was like, can I hold your hand? And she held my hand as I weeped into my hummus. Mm-hmm. And then later, and it felt so nice. And I'm really uncomfortable with hand holding. Like, I've never held hands with boyfriends or any. Like, it just. Yeah, we've my, never my, held hands. My parents don't hold my hands <laughs> as a kid. I just crossed the street on my own. Uh-huh. Um, and um, and I so I was like, I'll, I'll hold your hand because she seems like she knows that this is going to help me. And I trust her. And then she, the the thing that killed me was later on, she wrote me a text that said, thank you for letting me hold your hand. And I like mm-hmm. wept when I read that. It was so sweet because I was like, that was hard for me to do. And she acknowledged it. It was so, and I'm like, why is she thanking me? She was comforting me. She's a goddamn angel. Okay, go on. Yeah. <laughs> She's a magic person. She, she really is. She really is. And like, uh, and so, uh, yeah, so then. Like I just I felt such a deep connection. Like like when I left her at the airport, I missed her. Like 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 immediately. And then um, 
we went on our separate ways and like stayed in touch via Instagram. And, you know, just like I remember the next day I was like, yeah, it didn't work out, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, we went back and forth and, and talked about that and then just kind of stayed in touch at, like at a distance for a long sure. time. Yeah. Uh, for a long, long time. And then. Yeah. And then um, like I was single and I was dating and like like you and I were kind of like. I don't know how to say it like like single together, you know, yeah. like like it would be like like awful date, you know, come back, talk to each other on the phone kind of a thing, like all the just the, the worst of the worst situations. Then you always you always went. What, but what about playing girl? Like what about playing girl? And then it turned out that P-L-A-N-E. I yeah yeah. Very <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I was like, wow, what a shitty <laughs> thing to call you. <laughs> <laughs> what about playing girl? And uh, well, because <laughs> when I landed that day and I told you, um, I, you looked at her Instagram and you go, you go, you're like, I think something's there. And I go, first of all, you look alike. You said that we look which, alike. When two people look, people are always drawn to people who kind of look like them, and it's not an insult like you look like a man or that you look like a woman, even though you kind of do. Um, that was a joke. But no, like, you you guys have similar things going similar on. Similar features. I have a joke in my act where I can't ever lie to her because she can open my phone with her face. Ah, that's so funny. You had a joke last night that you go, you ever eat so much that your phone doesn't recognize your face anymore? <laughs> that was such a good joke. Oh my god! That was basically I ate so much at a party that I like my phone wouldn't unlock, and I was like, "God, P, you're, what are you doing? Like, you're you're, you're off the rails." So funny. But, um, but so uh, yeah, so her and I like I remember when we finally came back together to meet up. I uh, like I walked into the hotel lobby where she was staying. And like I just felt that vibe, like like that energy again, that deep connection of like this is the person you're supposed to be with. But when I first met her, I like that was a few days after I'd gotten out of that relationship, and I was like, well, anybody you meet, you're gonna vibe with them. And yeah. I didn't realize that like you could go on, you know, twenty dates and you wouldn't vibe with any of them. And yep. that was that was such a special thing. And, and a lot of times I feel like people discount who like they'll meet the person they're meant to be with right out of a relationship and they go, but it's probably just my out of a relationship, like everyone's, because that does happen. And sometimes you can discredit those actual true things and you need to come back around to them later because you don't yeah. acknowledge them for what they are in the moment because you can't because it's... You're clouded by yes. like, yeah. the idea that it's impossible. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, and it's 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 so weird because like, I mean, I, said, I told her I loved her like right away right. and um and then i had uh you know meron kagani yeah um he told me he's like he's like pump the brakes pump the brakes sister you're moving at lesbian speed here all right there's gonna be a moving van out front next you know and i was like and i was i just kept telling people like no no like like she's really great and they're like no you move fast you're moving fast and um and then people now that they meet her, they're like, "What are you doing? Move faster! You're moving fast. like she's special. What's yeah. happening?" Because yeah, when she meets people, she like changes them. Yeah, it, it's it, it's insane. Yeah. And um, last night, Elna even or like, we hung out last night and we just talked about Jamie after you guys left for like the whole time, just about how amazing she is. Like yeah. people get it right away. And it's not, and I'm, that's not hyperbole. Like it is, there's something like, and I knew it when, when you guys finally, like when you were connected, I was like, uh oh, this is it. Like I felt it from your texts even about her. Yeah. I was like, yeah, this is, I was like, can I be your best man? I think I asked right away. You said that. Yeah. I texted you sex with a bunch of X's and uh -huh. then you wrote, can I be your best man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
And uh, and then I can I I yeah you can okay, seriously you can thank and, you um, me and your brother yeah you and Rob can be co best men okay thank God best theys um, <laughs> uh, it's gonna be a gender neutral <laughs> ceremony but um, but yeah I remember I sent you a picture of us very, like very early on and you go oh my God that looks like an engagement picture and then I sent you I like it was like one of the first times that we were like really hanging out and we were like having sex like I sent you a picture of us <laughs> and like we were like just like like in bed but we, we had shirts in, on and stuff and like it was but, too it was too in bed yeah. for like a, it was too it was too in bed that's, and, that's what those throws will do is you'll lose like the filter on like well yes. this is where the, this is yeah. the you're right like you're so in it you're like people gotta see this yeah, yeah. Yeah. people will be happy to see it he loves me yeah. <laughs> And you go, you you wrote back, okay, dot dot dot. I gotta set some boundaries here. Because you go, I feel like I'm having a three way with you two right now. I thought you guys. It felt like when you guys are like, we can't wait to meet you. Like it felt yeah. like that kind of vibe. And I'm like, I don't like this. I am so happy for you. Yeah. And the thing was, like, I was already becoming friends with her through your texts. Like, you'd be like, Jamie said she can't wait to meet you, and I'm like, I can't wait to meet her. And then I called you once. Um, and you were in the car together. That was the first time we talked, Jamie, was in the car when you guys were driving on the way to something. And I think I just... What? Story about something getting stuck in you. Oh, wait. wait a... so what story was that? Oh, when um there, there was a cap stuck in me? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't... I, I, that's I like, so... I oh, my her. God. That's so weird. Yeah, I remember I was getting done with a run, and I called you. And whenever I get done with a run, I've just run a lot. So I'm like... And I'm like talking so fast and I remember being like she's gonna think I'm psycho and then I was talking about Oh, because I was talking about Sully landing on the Hudson because I was running along the Hudson and I was like I'm right by where Sully landed and I remember the day Sully landed because that was the day that my boyfriend found a weird cap inside my vagina that was left by an I mean, it's like a crazy story, but he was. It's weird. Please just finish this. Yeah, we who left the cap yeah, inside? Why is there okay. a cap in you? Do you not know the story? I've, do, I've never heard this. No story, I don't way. This is a great story. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've never heard. How this many one. minutes do we have? Oh my god, I'm so sorry that this. I'm like really. I I, I hate that. Is so. January seventeenth, two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever he landed on the Hudson. Yeah, yeah. I got a hotel room. I was in St. Louis. My boyfriend and I both lived with our parents at the time. I was like, we were both like drunk and broke. And I got us a hotel room that night. And I remember I was waiting all day for him to get off work. He showed up. We're having sex. And um, he goes, what? We just started dating like maybe a couple weeks in. And he's like, what is that? And I'm like, what is what? And he's like, I feel something scraping my dick. And I'm like, what? Oh shit! I don't have an IUD or anything, so I was like, "What?" I was really offended, and he's like, "I swear to God!" And I was like, "What are you talking about?" And so then I reached inside myself and I was like, "What is that? What is that?" And he's like, "I don't know. I felt it for a while. I didn't want to say anything." And I'm like, "I don't know what that is. I'm really..." And and I was just like so embarrassed. I'm getting embarrassed right now, even like reliving it, because I was like, "I don't put things in me. I don't have anything in me," and so. He, I, my fingers weren't long enough to get it out. It was so lodged up. So he had longer fingers. So he fucking slender mans up and, yeah. and, and forceps it out. It is a blue cap. It looks like a chapstick cap. Okay? Oh, damn. And um, You were dry and you thought that would fix it. I did. Doesn't that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> but the chapstick was nowhere to be found. And it still exists up there. Anyway... 
I mean, trying to make a long story short, I pull it out. I am like, I don't know what this is. And he's yeah. like, yeah, right. Like, what are you? why would you have something in you? And I'm like, I don't know what it is. I kept it because I was like, I'm going to figure this out. I um, I don't, I, I call um, my doctor and I'm like, is there any way you could have left something in me? And I'm like, I'm going to make some money because like, this is bad yeah. malpractice. Sure. And then I got a lawyer, and they're like, "Are you affected? Were you? Was your health impacted at all?" And I'm like, "Because I went back to it was like a, it would have been a year that it was left in me based on the last time I was at the Jesus. doctor, and that's the only time things are in my vagina, yeah, like th- things, you know, right? It's like when they're doctors down Odds there, they're, they're putting <laughs> buttons, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't know what's going on. There's like a sheet, like you're just like whatever, willy nilly. And um and so uh the, I remember the lawyer being like were you affected at all and I was like I mean emotionally it was embarrassing he's like maybe there's something there but like probably not and I was like damn it so then like I convinced my boyfriend at the time that like he believed me I was like I truly don't know what it was it's so weird um I was gonna string it on a necklace for his like for Valentine's Day as a joke did never did that grateful that I didn't um, and then um I I one night I was like. I'm like, I'm going to Google blue cap vagina and just see what pops up. And sure enough, there was a girl that posted on a message board. I found a blue cap in my vagina. I don't know what it is. Does anyone else have this, found this? And there was a picture of it and it was the same thing. And I was Whoa. like, oh my God, I found my like traveling pants sister. Yeah. <laughs> so I emailed her and I was like, girl, I have this. I took a picture of mine. I was like, we, what is this? And she's like, I don't know what it is. She lived in Des Moines. I was supposed to be in Des Moines the next weekend at the Funny Bone. And I go, come to a show. I'll get you in. She's like, I'm not interested. She literally (laughs) did not go to the show. And I gave her free tickets. And she's my age and like a cool girl. I thought, I was like, what are you? Cool girl, type of girl who has caps in her pussy. (laughs) Yeah, cool cap girl. She's verified. (laughs) It literally is a blue. (laughs) So she never showed but she got weird about it. She was like, I think this is a government conspiracy. I think it's a yeah. camera. I think that doctors are doing some weird shit. And I, and I was like, I don't know if I believe that. And so I kind of left it alone. A couple more years passed. And I was just like, well, there's one girl with a blue cap. We still don't know what it is. It doesn't have a serial number on it. It's just a plastic chapstick cap lid size thing. And then I Googled it one more time years later. And another thing came up. And it was another girl in a message board that said, I found a blue cap in my vagina. And then there was a response to it that said, that's a monostat cap from a monostat uh, thing. So I had given myself, like, I guess I had a yeast infection at one point, which I I didn't even remember ever having one. I literally was like, I've never put any, like, I don't remember having one, but I, you know, when you do a thing, Uh there's a cap that you're supposed to take off that many, many bitches are forgetting to take this cap off. And I did it to myself. And so I wrote back the Des Moines girl to be like, hey, girl. Long time no talk. I'm not coming back to town anytime soon. But I found out what the, it's not an alien government conspiracy. Like you, you, you and I are just stupid and don't know how monostat works. And she was like, "No, I still think it." She literally would not oh give my up. God. So I, in the end, I just didn't know how to use a thing, and it. Um, I had a cap in my vagina for a really long time, nice. and it was gross. And that's the story of the cap that I told on the phone with you the first time I met you. That was Pete Lee talking about how he met his girlfriend. And next up, we have Anya Marina in studio, my best friend, musician Anya Marina. She does the theme song for our show every day. And this is her talking about, sorry, Noah, what? 
Oh, the song Notice Me. She has one of my favorite songs that she does. Um, she tells us the story behind it, which is a very relatable circumstance for any uh, young woman or man in a relationship where someone doesn't like them as much as you like them. Hey. Uh, going through it now with like 18 different people. Hey, pass the tissues. We all got issues, sister. Oh, uh, <laughs> love that. Um, Anya, what are you going to play for us? Um, I'm going to play whatever you want me Will to you play. Will you play... Um, Wait, my oh, my sound on my phone is on. You can just say that. I didn't okay. know what you were saying. I thought you were just. I just didn't want to distract from the flow of the show. I love how you texted me your sound is on, and it would make a sound <laughs> instead of just telling me my sound is on. You cute bitch. <laughs> you're so just trying funny. to cute it up over here. God, you're adorable. I love you. Uh, what are you gonna play for us? Should uh, I do oh, notice me? I love. Can I like yes, do background can... vocals on the yes. end? Can I laugh? Okay. Even I though I don't have any voice right so now. So I wrote this song. It was a demo. I sent it to my mom. I was so proud of it. I wrote it after poor, long-suffering Anya. The story you just heard. <laughs> right. And uh, my mom is Russian, and she called me, and she was like, Anyuta, is, is she love, Asian or Russian? I am Asian. I'm actually Nikki. I'm from Kazakhstan, so <laughs> okay. I am Asian. Anya's mom <laughs> we should impression call is... The, my favorite thing in the world. Like some people want me to do my mom's impression all the time. Like Anya, we we sometimes just talk as our moms Julie to each other. So, um, so where are you from in Russia? Oh, Julie, uh, I'm actually. Have you heard of Kazakhstan? You know, I I think yeah, I have. But you are just yeah. T- tell me about Russia. Oh, how to begin? Uh, do you know apples? I. Apples? I fucking love. Okay, I'm gonna do my drunk mom. I fucking love apples. <laughs> because me? Julie, I don't know if you know this, but apples actually originated in Kazakhstan. Well, I love that. <laughs> I love. I and who knew that apples? I'm gonna um, carry that with me forever. <laughs> that they originated in Uzbekistan. Or what? It's very <laughs> close, but it's actually. I'm Kazakhstan. very close. You're close. We're all close. I'm I, gonna be close all night. You know what I'm saying? I can sense <laughs> where Nikki gets her sense of humor. <laughs> uh, okay, so your mom heard this song, the demo, and left me a voice memo, voice message that was like, "Anuta, I loved your new song. I love the melody. Your voice is like a flower, but when I heard the chorus." Notice me, notice me, I'm the one in your bed? I thought I did not raise such a daughter to say this to a man, so I hope this is not true. Goodbye, your mama. That was really oh the message. Oh my God, that's incredible. It's like, so funny cool, when your parents your cool mom. shame guilt <laughs> interpret your material it's and like they're just you... like, that's so sad. That makes me the pity thing. Yes. And the I didn't raise, it's like, yes, you did. Yes. Yes, yes you did. You did, you did raise me. That's that. such a good point, Tom. <laughs> that's the same did. kind of um, cliche thing as like, they did the best they could. Yeah. Or the other day yeah. when Dan Rather in the elevator goes, you know, everyone's doing the best they can. And I was like, mm, are no, they? No one is, actually. Yeah. That's tough that everyone's doing the best they can. I don't think that you that's that true are. at all. I don't think anyone does the best they can. I don't. Yeah. I try to do the best I can, and I'm not even doing the best I can. There, oh, I make decisions constantly that run in the face of the better decisions. But what would? How do you change that? Like you when just I say, start making better decisions. For I guess what the I best. mean is when someone says that people are doing the best they can, they mean 
the it's like that alternate reality thing where it's like, yeah, you were gonna make that decision no matter what. I don't believe That's that. I think that are. we have total agency to choose yeah. the best decision when faced with two things. Like I, I didn't do the best I could, which was to let Anya tell that story without interrupting it, uh-huh. and I chose to interrupt it. And I really, I had every capability to not interrupt it and let and trust that she was going to do it. <clears throat> yeah, but I chose not to. That was me not doing the best I can. Okay. I'm really glad that you're um, self-flagellating yourself for that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like I'm letting myself off the hook, but I'm just, I'm, I was picking something that I instantly, the first thing that I could think of was like, I wish I would have done something differently of my day. That was the first thing uh, of really? the day. Yeah. I thought it was perfect as it was. Did you say self? Because it showcased <laughs> your friendship together and then oh, it can true. ride through the waves of the vicissitudes of life. Whoa. And it led to this. Okay. So maybe we all do, but I don't think it was the best I could do because I can do, I can always do better. And maybe that's not going to end up being the best for me but in the moment like when people beat their kids i'm sorry being like my mom did the best she could do i'm not buying that she could have not yeah. be i think when they say that they usually mean like under the circumstances yes. at the time like with whatever abuse or baggage they yeah yeah had. No. it doesn't mean they did a great job right everyone can do better yes i think that's true otis redding said try harder Everyone can try harder. We all know the right decisions. And we choose not to, and that's fine because we're human. But saying you're doing the best you can do is a cop-out because we're not. And you can just admit that you're not. Maybe admitting that you're not doing the best you can do is the best you can do. There it is. Boom. (laughs) I think that's where we we find common ground. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. because I see what you're saying, too. Yeah. All right. uh, Notice me. So I told her that was not about my life, Mom. That was about a fictional high school um, (laughs) girl and guy that were best friends, and they cut class one day, and they smoked a bunch of weed, and that's what the song's about. So this is Notice Me. These are the days like a long summer haze We're in outer space on the dark side of the moon In your room Head to head Toe to toe Cracking up We hijack your brother's stereo Rubber soul Paul's Boutique Check your head Public enemy I wish you'd do 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 She don't even know you exist You insist I forgot Check your mind Check your mind No, that's not it Check your something I got, I really went back Check out your mind I went back in time to that moment in the bed We're the best of friends Yeah, you tell me everything Like the girl you like She don't even know you exist Check your Wait, hold on. I'm pulling it up right now. This <laughs> this has never listen, happened. Listen, we're all doing the best we can do. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. I'm going to a lyric site, which always... Check out your mind. Wait, was it good? Wait, wait, wait. I watch your mouth. I watch your mouth. 
Check out your mind. I'm so high. I'm so high. I might be invisible. I wonder if you notice me. Notice me, notice me. Notice me, notice me, notice me. If you notice me, notice me, notice me, notice me, notice me, notice me, I'm the one in your bed. Do you even notice me? Notice me, notice me, notice me, notice me, notice me. Check your heart, check your head. Do you even Marina, and then to close out the show, so strong, Hamish Blake, everyone. He is a um, Australian comedian, radio personality, TV personality, one of the funniest people on the planet, I can j- safely say. Um, and you'll doubt. see why right now. He has regaled us with so many different stories. He's someone that you should, should type Hamish and Andy into YouTube and just let it play because it is endless, endlessly funny, interesting unique entertainment here is him telling us one of the stories from his show because i just set him up and he just uh he just told stories the whole show and it was it was the greatest you're gonna you're gonna love this this is a running theme of just going in thinking it's gonna be one way and it it turns out another way i remember i think andy told me the full story of this but i want to get your perspective it's one of my favorite things you guys did that i've seen where you were you took some kind of tea that made you sleepy, and then you oh, had a. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can you? That was in, yeah. That was way more fun. And when we also were sloths, in the jungle, when yes. We sloths, when you were sloths. So there's a, there was like a tea in Peru. <laughs> I think it was maybe Costa Rica, some sort of sloth heavy place. And so it was a nice little way to highlight the plight of sloths and to uh-huh. you know. Hi- Let's be honest. We A wanted to hit a, a conservation note and be like, hey guys, let's look after sloths. They're great. <laughs> but also get a baby sloth on camera because that's ratings gold. <laughs> we're like, but yes. that's just not enough for our show. So we're like, why don't we do a sloth challenge where we got, <laughs> we dressed as, we got some sloth outfits, we kind of like painted our eyes, got this tea that's kind of just like, I don't know, jungle Xanax or whatever. Like it would just <laughs> knock you out. Drank the tea, classic. We're like, feel fine, totally fine. 
got like a high ropes, like a rigging person, like a rock climbing rigging person to rig us up in like safety harnesses up kind of like 10 metres up on big trees. And basically the challenge was just like hang on until <laughs> like just see if you can hang on <laughs> with the sleepy impulse of a sloth. Like how do they do it? Mm-hmm. Well, they have giant claws. <laughs> we just <laughs> so on drugs. pretty much just us whacked out of our heads on this sleepy tea just trying to hold onto a tree until one of us fell off. And it is a really weird sensation to fall asleep in a tree and fall. Like out of a tree. Yeah. Again. I don't know how sloths do it. And you respect. guys were trying to stay awake. Like, what were you doing to stay awake? Like, that was because was that the challenge where you were it just trying? I feel like there was another challenge too where you were trying trying to stay. We were just pretty awake. much. I mean, but it's that thing of like going. The thing that gets you to sleep, I think, is just like a rhythmic thought. Like where people are like count backwards from a hundred. Mm. Any of the insomnia cures are pretty much, I think, just rhythmic thoughts. So the more you see it going, just stay awake, stay awake, stay awake. Oh like, right. Bye bye. You, you just get so sleepy in the tree. But I think we lasted like half an hour, forty minutes. But then yep. we were wrecked. Then we had to fly somewhere else, and we were just asleep for like the next ten hours, just with the production team like moving us around because it's a pretty small unit we shoot with, like six, seven people. So, so we were dressed as sloths for the next ten hours. <laughs> yeah, you were on. We flew. You were we still like dressed. we flew from Costa Rica to Guatemala or something, just dressed as sloths asleep on the plane. <laughs> we were just moving, moving us around, checking us in, checking us out. Kind of like wiping. We had to wipe a bit of our eye makeup off for the passport control, <laughs> but then just to kind of like do the photo. And then, but apart from that, yeah, we were just sleepy. But sloths. you thought that you would be able to get back and and you would do hundred, the challenge, and then you'd wake, you'd be a little disoriented. We had but a Red you guys Bull. Were, we had two Red Bulls each because we're like, all right, after the challenge, have a Red Bull. We're back on it. We're moving. <laughs> just passed out. But for it's 10 hours. so <laughs> funny to watch these guys hugging onto a tree and they're trying to make each other kind of fall asleep. And 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 Andy at one point like. I just remember him like waking up and he's on, you know, like he has to grip and he's holding so hard and he's trying. It is, it's so good. It, you how gotta high, watch how this. How high one. up were you? Very high. I think high. we're talking like 30 feet. Like pretty oh my high. God. But yeah, we're in, but we're they were harnesses. Right. Oh, right, right. Okay. Oh, did you not get the harness bit? Oh, right. <laughs> I didn't hear the harness bit. I was <laughs> like, you're oh. crazy. <laughs> I was like, you guys are just going to kill yourself. Right. And there was a landmine underneath us, so you really didn't want to fall. <laughs> There are endless things that you guys have done. I, I another one. Um, let's talk about when you went to a volcano and that why. That was good fun. <laughs> that was a really. That was on the same trip. In fact, that's what oh, we wow. might have been going to Guatemala for, because there was a volcano that was erupting. Guatemala, not a safe country. Did you guys know that? Everyone has <laughs> shotguns. <laughs> really? I, I I was led to believe. Isn't that where you get worry dolls from? Now I know why. Like oh everyone's my God, worry dolls. Everyone gets yeah. cards. Worry dolls. worry dolls are those little things you could get from those craft stores where you'd like whisper. Pure your... One Imports always oh. used to have them. Boom. Yeah, exactly. They're these little dolls, and you're supposed to like. You whisper your worries to them at night, and you put them under your pillow, and they take and your worries away. Yeah. From Guatemala. Except having been to Guatemala now, people would be like, I don't want to get carjacked again. <laughs> <laughs> like they have big worries in Guatemala. <laughs> everyone, not we were like, I can't believe this is where the term shotgun comes from. Like every truck, because everyone just if you have a truck and there's not a guy with a shotgun, like a visible shotgun what? in the passenger seat, yeah. you'll just wow. you, you, yeah, you like don't want Fortnite. that truck. This exactly Fortnite, <laughs> the country. So people would just take your truck from you. So we're like, this is a fairly dangerous country. So what we did was by far not the most dangerous thing. The most but dangerous sh- thing we could on. have done was the drive shotgun it. thing is insane to me that I've never put that together. Like that's. I, it's yeah. literally people say shotgun oh, for the front yeah. seat of a car because that's <laughs> yeah, where the guy where the sits. With the sh- Did it actually Whoa. come from the old west where the guy would ride up front with a shotgun yeah. as like protection? Right, but I, I just know. learned something. Yeah, that's sure. great. Or if you drove single, you'd keep the shotgun in the front seat. Yeah, 
Just huh. for, I do that at home as a good luck charm. Or you shotgun a Red Bull in yeah. that seat. That, that's uh-huh. not it. <laughs> and, or you'd throw passengers at villains. That's why it's called the passenger seat. Oh, right, right. <laughs> throw passengers at people. Out the window. <laughs> but yeah, so, so. crazy country. Um, so climbing a volcano, after we saw this, we're like, this actually seems totally fun. Yeah. But we had, again, this comes back to getting ink with pink. We had a, we had a pun. And we wanted to cook a lava lasagna. And we were like, if there's lava up there, we want to cook a lasagna on it. I don't think anyone's done that. Lasagna. 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 Oh, my God. And so we were like, if the pun is good enough, you must risk your life. That is the oath we swore. <laughs> I can't wait for when you guys have a sous chef on to do suicide. <laughs> it is good enough, so we must risk our life. That is, that's the oath we took. The, brother, the brotherhood of content puns. <laughs> So we're like, all right, we got our raw lasagna, we got our hiking gear, let's go. So we had a guide, and then they were like, you know, you got to bring gas masks as well because once you get up near the lava, there's like sulfur vents, and if you don't have a gas mask, you'll. Again, we thought it'd be a walk in the park, but sure, you know, like it gets it gets grim up there, and then it's like completely. It, it's like a beautiful. It looks like a beautiful mountain from the bottom, but then the more you hike, then it's like a moonscape, and there's kind of like smoke and black and like sulfur smoking in from places. An and, active lava. And we hiked into the night. <laughs> and we had chef's hats on too and gas masks. <laughs> so we, uh, yeah, this, this is a little bit of vision now. We've got like, it took ages to get up there. And so we got, by the time we got there, we were, it was like the <laughs> middle of the night. <laughs> Um, and so we were, yeah, so we got the, we got, but the, it was a fresh lava flow too. So we were walking along and our sneakers were melting on the black, yeah, like the black of the, like it like crystallized or vulcanized, like the, the, the lava that had flowed and turned into rock, but it was so hot that everyone's sneakers were turning into like chewing gum. <laughs> like, Jesus. And so then we're asking our guide, like, this is the safe way to go, right? And he was American. <laughs> And that's sorry, that's the lava going there. Just immediately, <laughs> it the immediately lasagna just catches fire. It incinerated. <laughs> you put it on there, it just explodes. Yeah, but you got You leave it in for a bit. I think that's me yelling to Andy, like you got to crisp up the outside. <laughs> it is engulfed in flames. <laughs> in a pan. You got to crisp it up. Everybody, that's, that's lasagna one on one. But it is so. I mean, <laughs> listeners in Hawaii, listeners in Hawaii would know this. The like lava is hot. You can't, you can't get near lava. Like you, we think of lava. I just think of it like as a fire, like an open fire going. Right. You probably can't get within a foot of an open fire. With a lava flow, the guy's like, "Ah, oh, good thing you guys weren't here yesterday because this was all lava. Like the whole mountainside was slicked." And we're like, "Oh, that would have been amazing to see." And he's like, "No, you can't get within three hundred feet. It'll burn your clothes off." Oh my Jeez. god. And we're like, hmm. But if our clothes were lasagna, <laughs> if we wrapped ourselves in bechamel and pastry, maybe that's the best way to cook it. You guys in chef chef's ass. You're so insane. It was a good fun hike. That's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. It really is. That is the show. But That's yeah, so great. But it was a very, very Now you're a, eating how, it. How was it? How we was did Lady in the Tramp. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what was terrible? It was freezing cold on the inside and like thermonuclear on the outside. <laughs> it was a terrible lasagna. And there's, just, there's no two ways about it. It's not the best way to cook lasagna. Oh, my God. But it took so long to get out there. Like it's the middle of the night again. You're like, oh, we like this to be no. one. But then the dude that took us, he... So he just loves, like he just loves, he's been over there, he runs a mountaineering company 
as you can imagine, like we're a small team, but it's kind of like a rigmarole to get, like we went to the country to do this. So like this is two days. We're gonna go there. Like we really want to see some lava. He's like, oh yeah, man, you're gonna get lava. Don't worry. Like you're gonna get tons of lava. It's like great. That's what we want. He thought we were being sarcastic because it's very rare to see lava on a volcano. Is his mindset? He's like a he's he's you know he's like oh these guys are asking for lava. That's like a moonshot. Like good luck. That's sort of like going. Well, we want to go to this cafe, but we'd like to see Beyonce having lunch with Obama. We're like, right. oh yeah, sure, no worries. They're there every day. Mm-hmm. Like, just thinking we're all doing the same joke, but we're like, great, terrific, because <laughs> so, we want to meet Obama and Beyonce. And he's like, oh yeah, you know, you can't, you know, they'll probably be there for ten hours. Like, great. Well, we only need one hour with them, so that's perfect. <laughs> so we're thinking, we're thinking, great. He's saying yes, I guarantee you lava. He's thinking he's doing a funny bit, going, yeah, you'll get tons of lava. Bring a bucket, like it's everywhere. So we're like, good, great, <laughs> great, we're coming, terrific. He's like, yeah, cool, see you soon. Because like, <laughs> I remember like, yes, great, see you soon, we'll see you in a few days. So we're like, what a weird dude. <laughs> so we get there, we hike up, we do see lava, we cook the lasagna, we come down, it's like one in the morning, we're having a beer with this guy, and he's freaking out, he's spinning out, we're like... He's like, man, I can't believe that. I can't believe you guys saw lava. And you, like, that's insane. That's the greatest. I've been here for 25 years. It's the greatest trip up the mountain I've ever had. We're like, what are you talking about? You must see lava every day. He's like, are you crazy? This volcano's only erupted twice in the last hundred years. And it erupted what? a week ago. And if you were here yesterday, you wouldn't have gotten near it. And tomorrow it would have been gone. This is insane. You've come on the one day. You could just- <laughs> oh, my God. We're like, the fuck are you talking about? You told us you'd take us up to see lava. He's like, hey, you never see lava. What are you? You can't go from that. I was like, you just see steam. I'm like, what are you doing? We it's would like, never have come if we knew. So of all, of like all the long shots, that was that was a once in fifty year occurrence. That that was like the day. Oh my god! And so Tim, our producer, is like, I can't believe we booked this in, and none of us picked it up on the sarcasm. <laughs> this should never have happened. <laughs> God. He's, yeah, he was like, I've never seen it. He's like, uh, he's taking tons of photos. We're like, God, this guy. I, I remember up on the mountain, we're like, isn't this terrific? He loves his job. He's up here. <laughs> he's like, he is up here every day, and it's still like the first time you've seen lava. <laughs> You're in the right job, man. Good on you, Todd. You love lava, man. You're doing the right thing. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Oh, so, God. that, like, in our hearts, from a, like, a production perspective, we're always yeah. like, lasagna. That was a a score. (laughs) Like, we actually got lava. That was Hamish Blake, and we are done with the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, Tom Takar. Squirt, squirt. Get the, you got to get serious because that whole two hours with Hamish may have been the most fun I've ever had in my life. So you can hear it on On Demand. Um, But yeah, Sirius is not as expensive as you think. Exactly. Get get on, get on it. Get on it. Get get on it. it. And all of our shows are on, on, not all of them, but a a huge batch. And I think you can still find the the Hamish Blake episode right now if you get Sirius right now. Uh, Ian, we always share secrets at the end of the show. Do you have any secrets to share today? Uh, Yeah, I thought of a secret this morning when I was eating my cereal. I would love to hear it. I was so excited and I forgot it. Yeah, I'm forgetting. I thought of one earlier today too. I know. I was so excited. I, I jumped in my seat. Okay, well, I guess I'll share one then, even though I don't have one off the top of my head. Um, hmm, this is tough. <laughs> secret, 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 secret. I talked about stealing quarters last time, right? Yep, yeah. yep. I um, I sniffed a pair of underwear this morning that I found on my ground because to see if it was used or not. Yeah. Oh. Because that's how I do it, and it and it wasn't. Uh huh. 
That's all I have. I, uh... And really I just like try. To... I always try to think of something gross I've done, and that's yeah. the most recent gross thing I've done is just inhale the crotch. Of when my I'm underwear. into a chick, I like when she leaves underwear at my place, and I inhale it later. Okay, that's a great there secret. Oh, that right. wraps up our show go. for today. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Turn your friends onto the show and uh, squirt, squirt, everyone. Thank you for listening. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.